Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Hello everyone, and once, welcome once again to a Thursday, it has to be a dreary, a very dreary Thursday night, but it's always sunshine um, in here. This is the FSP Crew Show. I am your host, JT, aka The Master. And I host the show along with my esteemed co-host, Jeff the Joker. We make up two-thirds. And as usual, if you listen to the FSP Crew Show, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. Now, I don't know if that's right grammar or not, but it is what it is. Um, We got a great show in store for you tonight. Talking about some NBA, talking about some football, um, OTAs are, are on on the um, agenda now. Organized team activities are on the agenda. Some people are showing up, some aren't. Some are staying away. Um, in a week or two, uh, they're going to have um, um, mandatory mini camp, and then there is no voluntary volu- volunteering in that. You you show up or you are going to face the consequences. We'll get into what's going on with that. Uh, but without further ado, let's bring in my esteemed co-host, my brother from another mother, my fellow Jersey guy, Jeff. What's up, man? Hi. I'm. Uh, as you can tell, uh, I'm stuck in traffic. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lovely Garden State Parkway. Uh, oh, yeah. You know. So, yeah. so not the usual sound effects of sirens, just a lot of beeping and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here. I'm happy you're here too, Jeff. You know, um, I have a friend of mine that I, I work very often with, uh, and we ride in the same vehicle together during the day. And uh, he happens to drive anytime, anytime we're in the vehicle. And he is the type of person that the least little thing uh, brings out the worst in them. The least little thing brings out the worst in them constantly. I hope you're not like that. No, sir. You know, it's, it's, I remember um, I used to go to uh, a lot of the Giants home games, and uh, sometimes I go with a, an old friend, and I never knew this about them that when we would get stuck in heavy traffic after the game, which is mm-hmm. just a given. This guy would just start flipping out, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's like, dude, yeah. you know, you just got to take it because unless you got a chopper or something, there's no way around it, you know? Exactly. But that's exactly. when, you know, you start learning uh, different places to park and you learn, 
you know, because uh, I found this place to park on uh, Route 120, and it was like some people didn't like it because you got to walk five more minutes. whoop de do that walk in five minutes will save you 45 in the car, you know, and, and you learn different different ways to get to the stadium to avoid the heavy traffic, you know, because, uh, you know, any one's worth doing right. Is that near Plank Road? I think I think that's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing was, you know, if you just took the obvious way to Route Three, that just right. was just a headache both ways, and it, it wasn't it wasn't worth the trouble. So you'd have to take instead eighty and seventeen, or you'd take other ways. But just taking that Route seventeen, it, just taking the Route Three was just for amateurs, you know. All right, let's get to it. You know, um, Jeff. Um, the NBA Finals, uh, excuse me, the NBA Finals is right around the corner. I think the first game starts June 1st. And uh, the Warriors have wrapped up their side of the um, uh, Western Conference Finals by sweeping the uh, San Antonio Spurs, uh, 129 and 115 in the last game. And it could have been a lot worse, uh, but they kind of like uh, coasted for the most part, in this game. Um, even though it was on a 14-point spread, it could have been a lot worse. And, and uh, they're sitting, waiting for the um, eventual winner of the Eastern Conference that's being played by the um, current world champions, Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers, against the uh, young Boston Celtics. Uh, one seed being Boston, two seed being Cleveland. Uh, quite naturally, Cleveland won the first two. If, if everybody knows in, in resounding fashion. Excuse me, in resounding fashion. In the Boston Garden. Um, so, coming back to Cleveland, a lot of people th- thought that it would be a uh, no-brainer uh, that Cleveland would destroy. Or maybe not by the same margin or close to the same margin they did in the first two games, but destroy um, the Boston Celtics uh, and keep their undefeated streak, just like the Golden State Warriors going uh, back uh, on Sunday. Well, lo and behold, the Boston Celtics, and I had talked about this on Sunday, needed to step up. Somebody needed to, to really step up and, and Give us a, a close game. Give us a, a competitive game. Well, they gave us a competitive game on Sunday, and it was even more competitive than, than I, I ever imagined. And they wound up winning the game in a buzzer beater uh, with, uh, I think, about 0.1, 0.2 seconds left in the game. Pretty much there was no way that uh, Cleveland was going to be able to um, even tie the score up with a three-pointer for, from, for the time that was uh, uh, left after uh, 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 Bradley Beal hit his three-pointer, 111-108. So it, it was, I don't say highly anticipated, but LeBron only scored like 11 points in that game. Um, he had an absolutely abysmal game. Uh, and th- in my opinion, it falls right into your wheelhouse, Jeff, of a conspiracy type of theory uh, uh, thing <laughs> that – you know, he just wanted to make it more more uh, 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 interesting, put more doubt in the Cleveland Cavaliers that when they come back and beat 
Boston, which they did in the fourth game in uh, in uh, uh, Boston, excuse me, in Cleveland, um, one twelve to one nineteen, convincing fashion. Um, that uh, now because of the way that the Golden State Warriors ran through, and the first time ever that someone ran through undefeated to get to the finals was the Golden State Warriors. That uh, odds are that most people think that the Golden State Warriors are, are going to be the um, uh, winners in his rubber match of these two two powers that come against, against each other for the third time in a row. But they still have to play game five, which is tonight, which starts at 8.30, which is about 20 minutes or so from now, uh, give or take on TNT, to see if the uh, three and one in a, right now in this series, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers can close out the Boston Celtics in Cleveland or the Boston Celtics were going to push it to game six um, in um, Cleveland. I mean, game six at Boston, I'm sorry, at Boston. So we'll have to wait and see now. Um, and Wait a minute now. Something's not ready. Hold on a minute here. The first two games were in Boston. The next two games should be in Cleveland. Okay, I'm sorry. This game is in Boston. This is game five. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, in Boston right now. So uh, they're on their home court. They're down 3-1. They need this win in the worst way to, to take it back to uh, uh, at least be alive for the next game, which is going to definitely be played if it, they win this, meaning Boston if they win this, um, Saturday. Uh, um, in Cleveland. And then quite naturally, uh, on Monday, which is two days before the finals are supposed to start, if it goes to a game seven, it's when Cleveland has to go back to Boston, which I know they don't want to do. Um, they'd rather close it out in Boston uh, tonight, have that amount of rest, about five or six days of rest, before they have to face the uh, Golden State Warriors. But there seems to be, in my, my opinion, there may be some kind of doubt, not in the Cleveland Cavaliers, but maybe uh, because of what happened in Boston, that um, bec- that there's a possibility that the Boston Celtics can win this game. But it's going to have to take a Herculean effort, poor effort, it, not to say it hasn't happened before in this series, from LeBron James to stretch this out, to put some more revenue for TNT, uh, put some more, <laughs> and you know, bring it back to that conspiracy theory. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it's called for one, because it's in Boston. We'll see how LeBron plays. We'll see how the rest of the team plays, and we'll see how Boston responds to what Cleveland has to bring, and vice versa. Give me your thoughts on this series up until this point, and, and your thoughts going forward i'll tell you um you know with all these series going short it gives the nba a little credibility because for a lot of years it seemed like it was a given every series was going to go at least six games mm-hmm. um you know um uh, i'll tell you you know uh, uh lebron i think is a little under the weather so uh he could uh 
use uh, a little more rest and uh, not have to play six. Um, I'll tell you, looking ahead to the finals, which I think there's been such a lack of interest in the playoffs because the finals are practically a given. Um, you know, health is huge because well, was it? I guess it was uh, two years ago when um, Golden State went against the very banged up Cavaliers team. I mean, hey, it, you know they still get the ring, no excuse. But you know, Cleveland was was a mess. I mean, uh, Love was out. I think Irvin was out. I'm, it, it, you know, uh, it would, you know, it was basically, you know, uh, LeBron and four backups out there. You know, um, but if uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the big three in Cleveland, the big four in Golden State, they'll all be healthy for the finals, and we could see a really epic finals, you know, but uh, I'll tell you, I I really think, I mean, it won't happen because it would cut into the money a little bit. Three game series opening round, second round, five game series. It would speed up the process, maybe create a little excitement because there'd be more of a chance of an upset. Um, But, you know, I'll tell you, you know, there've been, uh, and this happens in the playoffs. Uh, I'd like to see an article about it. Sometimes these uh, backup guys step up and have big games, like uh, Olnick had a big name for Boston, and uh, uh, Marcus Smart had a big game for Boston. And, right. uh, you know, this goes way back. I mean, a few, when Boston had their big three a few years ago, uh, Nate Robinson had a big game off of the bench. Uh, oh, oh, no, who was the guy? Uh, Leon Poe, was that the guy's name? It's, uh, the Lakers had a huge game. I mean, nobody even knew who the guy was. Um and I guess those are some of the good stories. And I guess they're looking for, you know, plot lines for stories in the playoffs. And, you know, when a guy who's not in the rotation especially can step up and have a big game, or even if it's a lesser player who does play regularly, you know, it, it, it's a moment, you know, it's a big moment in that guy's career. And, you know, it gives the fans something a little different to talk about. So uh, hopefully they'll get a couple more of those before the, before the playoffs are done. Well, you know, the ge- first game starts the the, um, the first of uh, June and goes deep into June. You know how they spread the games out to get the yeah. most out of uh, the viewership. And, and, um, and, you know, I really have a hard time getting into games that go into June after after Memorial Day. I mean, that's like, come on. That that to, in, my, in my opinion, that's really pushing it. Um, once you you know made made bad enough, but once you get into June, and you, you got uh, uh, June first, I mean June second, June second, I mean June first, then then uh, uh, another game June second, and, and and then you have the next game is uh, June fourth. And, and then you have another game of June seventh. I mean, come on, uh, middle of June, end of June, you, you, you're still playing ba- baseball. I mean, basketball. Come on. So I mean, I know they're trying to milk it. I know they, you know, there's, there's, there are fans that like to watch the uh, watch, watch basketball, but you know that early part of February. The NFL season is over. The Super Bowl is over. That's it. It doesn't go past February. 
Okay, so it starts in September well, uh, and ends, uh, uh, ends in February. Super Bowl now is the first week of February. It used to be last weekend in January, but they pushed it into right. February. Yeah. Right. So it, it see, ends in you February. Know, you, you know what? The, the, years ago, when I was a kid, sometimes the NFL would kick off Labor Day weekend, but in their never-ending greed, they thought that was too much competition, so then they pushed it back after Labor Day. Believe me, NFL is so popular now. They could open Labor Day weekend. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to significantly hurt the ratings, but you, you know what these guys, you know, that, that's all that matters. So, um, yeah. For for some reason, you know, they, it, and also, you know, I mean, they added, they expanded to 16 games a long time ago. That was 1978. And, um, but they, uh, you know, they don't want to get rid of the bye week during the season. They got a bye week before the Super Bowl, which they could do without. They got to have those, you know. So because of that, they uh, they go into uh, they go into February. Yeah, but see, you know, I, I can deal. You can, I can deal with it, and maybe because I'm a a, a, a fan of the um, of the uh, NBA, but I mean, a fan of the NFL. But um, when the NBA starts a season, which when does it start a season? It starts a season in October. October, Jeff. October. Yeah. Okay. I know. October. I know. The and, and it goes all the way to June. October to June. So let me see. October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. That's eight months. Eight months before the last game in the NBA is played. Eight. <laughs> Eight months, and, and despite that, we're get, we're most likely going to get the same two teams in the finals for the third year in a row. Um, it just goes to show you uh, the lack of parity, which is something that football there's a lot of, but uh, very little in the NBA. Yeah, so that, 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 they play eighty-two games in regular season. Okay. Um, okay, you play 82 games, and they stretch those 82 games out. They, they, the players have very little, very few back-to-backs. Um, they, they usually have a, a, a day or two or whatever uh, in between, not every game, but they, they, they do play back-to-backs, but most of the time it's, it's one game at a time, whether it's home or away, and it stretches out until eight, for eight months. And that gets on me. That that wears got to be wearing on someone. And if you're really not a real true NBA fan, um, you only watch sporadic games. You 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 pick and choose and and, and um, toothpick games that you like to see, matchups that you like to see. Unless you're a diehard fan of, of a local team or a team that you really follow, then you then you're you're watching that team um, as much as you can. But I'm not a fan of the NBA. Uh, I've lost interest in the NBA for a simple reason. It goes on too long for me. And I lose interest in watching guys bounce the ball, shoot the ball, um, and, and, and most of the teams play the same way. 
Uh, only elite teams look like elite teams nowadays play uh, a certain way, play team basketball, like Golden State, San Antonio Spurs, um, and I'm trying to think of some other teams out there that, that play team ball. Um, and it, it, it piques my interest because that's what I like to see. I don't like to see somebody playing isolation ball. Um, and, and everybody else stands around and watches him going against his defender, see what I can do rather than pass the ball around, get an open shot for somebody and make it a lot easier for the team. But it is what it is. Um, let's move on to the NFL. Now, like I said, we're in the OTA uh, um, phase of the season for the, for the NFL. And uh, um, some teams are get a high percentage of participation in uh, their players coming to the table or coming to the team facility to um, partake in organized uh, training activities. But, and I just found out where he's at now. And he said he will show up June 13th, which is the, um, I guess, the requirement date for um, the uh, mini camp for his team. In Odell Beckham, who is training in California, where the majority of his teammates are practicing together in Jersey. What's your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, um, I mean, right off the bat, um, I don't really care for the antics of, um, you know, uh, Beckham Jr. You know, um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, as much as I dislike the guy, uh, he's good enough where, you know, he, he probably doesn't need the OTAs as much as a lot of other guys, and they like to give the reps more to the newer guys who need it. But the fact is, he's got new teammates. You should want to meet them, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when you're, you know, a big-name guy and you want the big money, uh, he, you know, you, you should be, you know, on board for uh, the OTAs. But, uh, you know, of course he's not. And I just, I just can't stand the guy. And the thing is, the Giants are kind of stuck with him because they, they, they really can't trade him because they're not going to get full retail value for him. They can't let him go, so they're going to have to sign him to an extension. But I'm kind of thinking, you know, in some ways he's similar to T.O. And as problematic as Terrell Owens was – he was a pussycat when he was playing his first contract with San Francisco. And then, you know, as he moved around, he cost himself a lot of money with his antics because, you know, they, uh, he still, he still had, you know, had teams who wanted to hire him because he was very talented, but uh, it was for less money and there was clauses in the contract. So the teams would be covered if he acted up and, uh, you know, and then it's like, oh, remember when T.O. sometimes behaved with the Niners? And I think that's what we're dealing with with Beckham. Um, you know, so uh, I, I can't imagine what this guy will be like once he gets a, a big-time contract. And uh, I, I wish there was some way out of it, but uh, it doesn't look like there is. No, I think, Jeff, unfortunately, you're, you're stuck with him. And you would think – and. I still don't get this mentality that you see guys, guys previous, um, 
in his in history of the NFL, players in history in the NFL that do things to torpedo their career or torpedo their um um their buying power, so to speak, or, or, or their their uh, worth, um, and guys that are coming or or in the league, it's like deja vu all over again. Like you, you know, y- you can't see what happened to this guy or that guy or whoever. Like Tio, like you just talked about, or uh, or other guys. Um, that there's a line that you can go to, but if you cross it, you're going to pay the price for no matter how good you are. And it, if your your skills diminish ever so slightly, um, and you think you still have that that um, leverage, you'll be thoroughly surprised. Um, when you're ceremoniously uh, pushed out the door or shown in a way that uh, your organization doesn't value you as much as you thought they did. So he's, he's, he's building up um, credit that he may not be able to use uh, later on in his his NFL career, and it, it'll hurt him more than help him. Now, you, you can't tell him. You, you would think that the things that he's going through over the last few years that he would learn. It doesn't look like he has. We'll wait and see if if once he comes to camp, which is uh, I think around June, in the middle of June, um, if his antics have uh, been tempered or um, he continues to go down a path that is uh, similar to a lot of other guys that um, have hurt their careers doing so. And, and speaking of going down that path, um, the NFL, and I don't know how you feel about this, just Jeff, but the NFL has... taken a step back or two and other than anything that has to deal with a deadly weapon or in sexual content or spiking the ball over the goalpost seems like it's acceptable now as long as it's not in excess so the celebration that you you've been seeing from different guys uh, Odell Beckham being one of them Antonio Brown, and just those two guys in particular. Um, and I'm not just singling out, but it doesn't guys come to top to top of my head are going to be showing you their best celebration uh, repertoire for this up and coming uh, NFL season. What's your thoughts? You know, I, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm curious how it's going to play out. I mean. I don't really care for the excessive celebration, but it doesn't really bother me either. You know, I mean, um, also I think part of the deal is celebrating touchdown. I don't, I don't get these jabronis celebrating first downs. It's like, huh? You know, at least the touchdown is worth celebrating. 
Because um, I got to admit, the time – and there's something about watching a game live as opposed to the highlights. When Antonio Brown hugged the goalpost, <laughs> I was dying laughing. I, 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 I was just – I could not stop. Because also it kind of looked like uh, – I don't know if I'm saying it. it looked like he was humping the goalpost. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I just was dying, man. I thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious. And I'll tell you, one of the masters, one of the kings of the, the touchdown celebration was um, Ocho Cinco. And he did oh, yeah. bring a lot of fun to the game. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, he was immature at times. But, you know, his river dance and whatever, that's nothing. You know, that was fun. And uh, one of the early kings was uh, – you know, when I was a little guy first watching football, it was Billy White Shoes Johnson. Um, oh. And then later on, a, a, a guy um, who had some good celebrations uh, was uh, primetime, Deion Sanders. And, uh, you know, I tell you, for a guy who who didn't usually play offense, he actually did a little bit. But, you know, most of the time he was playing uh, uh, cornerback and uh, – uh, returning punts he got in the end zone a lot for a guy who didn't play receiver and he had some uh pretty funky celebrations so uh but i'm sure these you know there's there might be some you know players will find a way to mess it up or the reps will find a way to mess it up or the league or something uh, but uh i don't know i guess they're uh trying to you know you know combat the image of being in the no fun league um, but you know, the thing is when, uh, they, when they still had the NFL Europe, which I missed, they, they allowed celebration in NFL Europe. Um, and, uh, well, they did the, the arena league is barely around and the arena league allows celebrations. Um, the college is now very strict against celebrations. Um, I mean, too strict. I mean, if it even looks like a celebration, they'll throw a flag on a on a guy, and that that's ludicrous. Right. Right. Um, but uh, uh, you know, somebody already said it. I don't think teams are going to bring in choreographers, but you know, guys are going to work on it. And I think, you know, like uh, if you're the kind of guy who doesn't get in the end zone a lot, maybe it's like, you know, like a lineman or something. It's like, hey, you know, if you could do a group thing, you and you and uh, the other guys on the line could rehearse, and this way you could get a good you know, group celebration going. So, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, a lineman gets in the end zone, who knows, you know, it might look like uh, the plus size temptations, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, celebrating. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. And I guess if it, if it's excessive, then they'll, uh, they'll get rid of it after a year, you know? And um, the other thing is, and I don't quite get this is uh, the uh, shortening the, uh, the overtime, Yep. Because um, to me, you know, it's – I don't know. I just cause, – because they said, well, maybe if the, it'll, it's too much – too long if the team is playing on the following Thursday. It's like, well, if you're that worried, then get rid of the Thursday game, which isn't going to happen. Uh, you know. Uh, but those, those five minutes in the overtime make a big difference. But I guess if they know that going in, you know, they could, uh, you know – plan accordingly well yeah that that's true but you know taking away five minutes is five minutes is a lot i mean and it changes in my opinion would change the strategy of any uh football coach um 
any any head coach uh, that would would they be that that team would be going into overtime. Uh, you have a team that is a relatively um, passing team versus a team that likes to run the ball. Quite naturally, a team that runs the ball is going to be chew up that clock. Um, and if this this if if they're effective running the ball, especially late in overtime when uh, defenses are tired. Um, they can chew up the clock in 10 minutes in a heartbeat uh, moving down the field. So, and, uh, and all you would have to do is, is uh, um, um, move it down far enough to get it into the end zone or a field goal and leave exactly very little time for the opposite team to move down the field and have to uh, either score a field goal to tie the game or a touchdown to win it. So, um, and that's 10 minutes. 10 minutes can go pretty quickly, um, uh, believe it or not, in a in overtime. Um, and we'll have to wait and see. You know, I don't know if this is a – it could be a, a one and done. If they see it, it doesn't work that well, there's nothing to say that they can't come back next year and say, well, we tried it, we realized that it's not uh, something that could be sustained – um, due to whatever whatever reasons, and we're going back to 15 minutes, or change, do do somewhere in between between uh, 10 and 15 minutes, maybe 12 minutes or something like that. Who knows? The other thing I wanted to talk about was this. Um, as you know, um, Calvin Johnson retired, and uh, I don't know if you heard about this or not. Um, and this this happened this came up recently that he was displeased with the way that the Detroit Lions um, have treated him going out the door or whatever. Uh, and it looks like the Detroit Lions are asking for uh, over $300,000 in bonus money back from Calvin Johnson. Um, and I guess he's none too pleased about that. What's your thoughts? You know, when I heard that, I mean, of, of course, you know, he's got, he should have a lot of money. But hey, three hundred grand, like I think these guys say, hey, it's still money. But you know yep. what? I mean, I think they give you that bonus with the understanding that you're not gonna retire. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't think the Lions are necessarily out of line. See, but now I think uh I think uh Calvin Johnson was working out with uh the Raiders or he was at the Raiders OTA or something, I'm not exactly sure. And uh, I think that got the rumor mill going that maybe he's making a comeback because, uh, you know, I think he's still young enough where he could. Um, That would be interesting. I mean, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. Um, You know, I'm trying to think if how many players have come back strong from a retirement. Uh, You don't see it a lot, but I, I, well, John Rickinson, that was a long time ago, but he, he did retire, but he, he, you know, it was only one year and, uh, you know, boom, came back better than ever. Um, trying to think, uh, of other guys. Cause, but also, uh, hey, Tiki Barber tried coming back after four years of retirement, but, uh, he only got one workout and nobody wanted him. Uh, but, uh, you know, cause the Raiders, they got now, uh, they got Marshawn Lynch. I'm, I, I don't know if they have to get his rights from the Lions. I don't know if they expired or, or, or what. But, Calvin Johnson uh, still 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 owned by the uh, Lions. 
So yeah, he would he wouldn't be able to go anywhere. He did he did attend the OTAs at the Raiders. But you know, that. of yeah. course, an, another great Detroit Lion uh, retired very young, Barry Sanders. And I think guys like that who retire young, at first you know people will say like with Dickie Barber, oh, it's just some uh, you know they're looking for a new contract or something. Uh, uh, and then of course you know there's always the comeback rumors. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, some guys, you know, I think Barry Sanders said he was tired of losing. But, you know, you know what, talking about celebrations, you know what I loved about Barry Sanders? I mean, people always use him as the example of a player who did not celebrate. And yep. you know what? That fit his personality. And you know what? There was so much flash and flavor in his game he didn't need any extra icing on it. You know what I'm saying? The way he yeah. ran around, I mean, you know, his runs were exciting enough. And it's very, very rare guy. in the NFL. It's very rare for guys who aren't straight, straight ahead runners to be successful. And he was because mm-hmm. um, they just guys couldn't catch him. The Kansas coming. Um, no, that was Gal said, both from Kansas. Go figure. Um, but uh, I did, did they, call him some kid. He didn't really have a nickname. He didn't need a nickname. Uh, but the thing, the thing I really liked about him was, okay, he didn't celebrate. And they asked him about it. You can look it up on YouTube. And he just said, they, somebody said to him, oh, how come I'm home? <laughs> they, that, that's my uh, entrance music when I'm home. Uh, that they, somebody said to him, uh, how come you never danced after touchdowns? And he said, I got no rhythm. <laughs> Maybe he's right. <laughs> But the thing, the thing I liked the most about it was, right, he didn't celebrate, but he never got bent out of shape about the guys who did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. played his game, you know, and his game, he didn't need to celebrate. He handed the ball to the ref. But, you know, a, a contemporary of his, I'm sure they played each other more than a few times. They were in the same draft, uh, no relation, Deion Sanders. He never got in Deion's grill. You know, that, Barry Sanders minded his own business and played his own game. And that, that's what these guys got to do. That's what everybody's got to do. Yep. How about making $5 million per year at 24 years old, having the largest shoe, shoe deal ever given to an NFL player with blonde hair and making love to the net? Odell Beckham has that going for him. And you know what? Things like that help create a monster. And I, I got to believe it. I know you talk, we talked about him earlier, but I meant to bring it up when we, when we were talking about him. But I'll bring it up now because Nike has decided to, to um, sign him up where he's going to make about $5 million a year. I forget the exact total, but um, it's, uh, like I said, he's, he's uh, only going to make a, a million, and a little more, a little less than $2 million from the Giants. And Nike is giving him $5 million a year. Give me your thoughts on your favorite Giant. And I'm saying that sarcastically. Now he's got a shoe deal. Uh, one of the richest in the NFL. Talk to me. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, not surprising. But, you know, the thing is, 
when his speed is gone, which probably won't be for a while, and I don't wish any physical malfortune on him or anything, when his speed is gone, he's done. Because there's, you know, that's it. Nobody's going to want him because let's say there's a guy right now, uh, Antoine Bolden, he's, uh, I think he's still a free agent, but there's teams interested, and I think there's a good chance he's going to play this year. I mean, this is a guy, you know, a lot of mileage, not as fast as he used to be, but he's still employable, you know, because, uh, you know, he's very professional. He's a leader. So, uh, you know, he, he's been, you know, he, he stays employed. But uh, when you're immature, like an like a Beckham, you, you, you're not going to stick around. You're not going to have the same staying power as a guy like a Bolden. And uh, you know, uh, might seem a long way down the road to Beckham now, but who knows? He he could be like you know, I don't think so, but he could be like a John Jefferson. That guy had a short career. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know. Uh, uh, and, and you know, with, for for receivers, I think. It, it's harder to stick around because, well, this will be a this Beckham has a long way to get to this point because once a wide receiver doesn't start, a lot of the star guys don't play special teams, and it's hard to give a roster spot to a backup receiver who doesn't play special teams. So that that's hurt got wide some wide receivers late in their career. So um, you know, I I just don't like the way the Giants are kind of gridlocked with him. I don't like that at all. Speaking of the Giants, an ex-Giant is no longer unemployed. He's uh, uh, found a home, at least for one year, in the uh, Windy City. Uh, Once a crowd favorite in New York, um, had a very bad injury that he took a couple years to come back from, who I think, if given a decent chance, and this is just my opinion, uh, because he's back two years removed, basically, at least a, a, a year and then then some re- removed completely from the, all the problems he had from his injuries, that he's going to show maybe not exactly what he had before, but close to it. Talking about no other and an experienced um, receiver with a young, young wide receiving core and Kevin White and um, – uh, Cameron Meredith and, and uh, a young quarterback in, in uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Mike Glennon, that uh, Victor Cruz can be a a uh, uh, valuable asset to the passing game in Chicago. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I did notice that. And uh, one of the reasons Victor Cruz was so popular with Giant fans is he's from Patterson, New Jersey, very close to Giant Stadium. Um and you, you don't you don't see that see it that often in the NFL. You have a local guy playing for your team. Um, yeah, I mean the big question is who's going to be the quarterback. Um, I, I mean, there's a chance Trubisky is a strong chance when you trade up for a guy in the first round. Usually, he's got a very good shot to play. But I mean, I, I mean you think Glennon would at least start the season, and you know. Uh, you know, Glennon, uh, they signed, I think, for a, a nice chunk of money. Um, but it was, I think, only a one-year deal or um, 
it, it wasn't like it's a long-term commitment to him. But uh, who knows? It could be a good fit for him. And, uh, you know, uh, the guys they got, though, uh, very injury-prone. Uh, and uh, they lost Alshon Jeffrey, another injury-prone guy, to uh, – he's in Philly now. So uh, we got uh, a few months before uh, our fantasy drafts. But some, some fantasy uh, leagues that draft a little early, but I don't, I, I don't like that. I like to uh, wait till uh, late August. Uh, and I was in a league with a guy. He wanted to have a draft the night before the season. And I said, dude – you need a little time to let the smoke clear in case you botch a pick to do waivers or something to make, you know, make a trade to set your lineups. And I'm like, you know, I mean, like, come on. I'm like, we got to have at least four days in between, but that's how he wanted to have it the night before the season, you know, but, uh, wow. you know, takes all kinds, you know? Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I think he's going to be, Use and I'm looking at the depth chart in the Chicago Bears right now. Just let me just see here because uh, I read something like in the last uh, um, few uh, days that uh, um, Kevin White, who to me has up until this point been a uh, a bus for the for the um, Chicago Bears, has spent the last several months working to align his stride when running, whatever that means. Now, he missed his rookie season with a fractured left tibia, then missed all but four games of his, uh, of his second year with a fibular spiral fracture and severe ankle ligament damage in the same leg. So the Bears don't know whether White will regain his explosiveness. Um, And supposedly Victor Cruz is behind him as a wide receiver, too, on the other side of the field. Um, Quite naturally, they have uh, uh, Marcus Wheaton, who um, uh, left the the Pittsburgh Steelers. They also have Kendall Wright um, and some other – Ruben Randall, you know who Ruben Randall is. Um, oh yeah. So there's a strong chance that Victor Cruz may make a um, uh, a decent contribution and make his may, may make his presence known on the field in either the outside wide receiver on the other side or uh, his best position. What I've always said, and it's true, true, true to this day being in the slot. Um, so uh, I think he's got a real good chance as long as he's healthy. And that's the key, as long as he's healthy. And if they sign him, he must have some type of health that they were happy with to be able to sign him for a one-year contract. And, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, uh, Mike Glennon or Mitchell Trubisky tossing a pill to him. All right, Jeff. Um you're going to be cutting this a little bit short uh, because uh, because I'm going to cut it short. There's really uh, nothing else that I want to go over unless you have something other than um, uh, Roger Moore passing away at the age 89. Oh. One of the uh, oh. one of the James Bonds. I think he had. I think he did five James Bonds. 
Um, he was um, after um, Sean Connery, if I'm not mistaken. He played about yes. four or five James Bonds, and he died from uh, a bout of, of cancer at the ripe old age of 89. Um, and uh, God bless his soul, and, and uh, my condolences go out to his uh, family and friends. Uh, what's your thoughts? Roger Moore, that was my James Bond. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Saint. The Saint. He, he, he just, because when, when I was a kid, you know, uh, you know, with all due respect to Sean Connery, he was the guy in the reruns. But whenever there was a new James Bond, when I was a kid, it was Roger Moore. And I thought he was, he was perfect. Um, maybe a little more aristocratic than, uh, uh, than Sean Connery. And I, I just, I thought he was terrific. Um, and then there's the, uh, the forgotten James Bond is, uh, George Lazenby because he only did one James Bond, but yep. you know, that's been a very successful franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reasons, you know, he only did it once. I'll tell you, I thought Timothy Dalton was not right for the role. Um, nope. And Pierce Brosnan was very good. Yes, he was. He should have he should have gotten the job sooner, but he was under contract for uh, he was still doing a TV show, Remington Steel, and they couldn't work it out with the contract. It was looking back, it looked silly because I think then they ended up canceling Remington Steel. Um, and so they were stuck with Timothy Dalton for a couple of movies. He didn't, to me, he didn't get the humor. Because Roger Moore, one of the things that made him great was he was very good with the humor, with the lines. He was very good with that. And uh, Timothy Dalton was horrible at that. Um, but uh, I heard, uh, you know, his later years, Roger Moore was uh, financially well off and he did a lot for charity. Uh, for UNICEF and uh, yep. you know a lot of yep. people say oh you know if I get secure I'm going to do a lot for charity but they don't do it and he actually mm-hmm. did so uh, God bless him and uh, rest his soul um, but yeah that did uh, catch my eye and you know I could have sworn yesterday um, that uh, I saw Martellus Bennett sign with the Packers and uh, you know another weapon in the arsenal for Aaron Rodgers but I'll tell you Martellus Bennett, I can't remember the last time there was a player with that much talent who changed teams so often. Yeah, uh, I know. No, yeah, I know who, what you mean. who wasn't, you know, I don't think he's been a big problem, but I mean, started with Dallas, second round pick, and a lot of people knocked him because he, he wasn't knucklehead. He was a knucklehead in Dallas, and, play, and when he came to the Giants, he was somewhat of a knucklehead, too. Not that bad. And then, you know, um, uh, and, and he just, you know, then with the Patriots, thought it was a good pickup, a good way to back up Gronk. And, uh, you know, boy, I mean, I hope that guy rents instead of owns, you know. But uh, who knows? Uh, this this could be his – You never. I'm sure every time he, he, he sets up shop somewhere, you know, oh, this could be his big year. You know, he's had some good years. I'll tell you, I was, I was expecting a little more from him with the Giants. I'll tell you, the Giants I, – I, I mean, needless to say, I like the guy they drafted um, from Ole Miss at tight end. Um, it just seems pretty much they did have Larry Donnell for two years, but it seems ever since they got rid of Shockey, which is a while ago, which, believe me, that guy's act got old. And he was good. He wasn't great. It was, he wasn't worth the aggravation. That 
it's like every year they got a different tight end, which, you know, the way the league is at times. But still, you, you know, you're going to have a certain rate of turnover. But, you know, uh, you shouldn't have a different tight end every single year. So uh, uh, I think his name is Evan Eburn, this uh, fast uh, young guy from um, University of Mississippi, uh, which has given the Giants Peyton, uh, Eli Manning, of course, and, and even going back to Charlie Connerly. Uh, uh, I'm really hoping that they can finally get a guy who's going to really uh, do a lot of damage in the passing game. So uh, looking forward to that this year. Well, he's, he he ran the fastest in the um, of the tight ends. Um, he's a beefed up wide receiver, Eric Egram, um, Ingram or whatever his name is. Uh, he is. Uh, going to be a serious problem, uh, especially in that uh, um, offense that the Giants run, who uh, is uh, they'd like to use a tight end. But they haven't had a tight end, a decent tight end, um, in quite a while. Well, this guy, as long as he stays healthy, and that's the key, and, and um, could be a valuable asset uh, to uh, Victor Cruz. Just imagine this. Just, just, just think about what the defense that played the Giants is going up against. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, and a tight end is Eric Egram. Man, pick your poison. Pick your poison. Your poison. That that is that is just just think about that on paper, and really. There's three guys that have been proven that they can play. They can play this game well. Only one that doesn't has is, is unproven is the rookie. That's Egram, the tight end coming in. But all three of those other guys uh, have proven, uh, even though Shepard's going into his second year, that they 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 can play the game and be re- re- relied on to um, uh, perform and perform well when it's it's. Uh, uh, when their number is called. So it should be extremely interesting to see what how the Giants and a head coach slash offensive coordinator and Eli do with the, the pieces that they have on the offense, especially on the receiving side. You got any thoughts before we get out of here about that? Uh, then, then real – uh, tune in next week. And with that being said, we'll, we'll uh, step aside, and uh, you can catch me again on Saturday, Eastern Standard Time, uh, where uh, Vic and I will be on the FSP cruise show at 1 o'clock. Or, yes, I'll be there on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on Memorial Sunday, uh, where I have the master plan. Like I said, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday morning. Till then, it's been real. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And if you don't come back to the to any of the shows I just for, uh, mentioned, uh, enjoy your uh, holiday weekend. And that includes you too, Jeff. Ditto. And we're out of here. See ya. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics Ain't no other talk show hot as this Cover every sport and we get it all 
right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, yeah.